Justified Season 6, Episode 5, Sounding is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Justified Show here at Post Show Recaps. I'm Josh Wiggler, and uh, I, I feel like I know my co-host who's usually here, but for some reason I'm perplexed as to his name. Uh, who are you again? Well, it depends on what you're looking for. If you ask me, you get Amtracked. Is this Amtrak Mazzaro? <laughs> hey, train goes right by my door down here in Kentucky, baby. So uh, you never know. I grew up putting pennies on those trail, those tracks. So I appreciate, I respect the choo-choos. Yeah, I know you do. You're a big choo-choo guy. Yeah, well, I'm a big choo-choo guy. I'm a big fan of choo-choo. I'm glad we got choo-choo on this episode and that, uh, that he's pretty sharp. He's pretty sharp. We got choo-choo on this episode at the expense of Buddy Garrity, which is, oh, boy. Which is sad, but still just a fantastic justified moment. So you, you can't be too sad about it. That's been needing to happen uh, to Buddy Garrity for a minute. Is this, I mean, I, I'm trying to think, and I don't want to spoil anything else, but I feel like this is like the most justice we've seen unleashed upon Buddy Garrity, uh, maybe ever. Yeah, somewhere Tyra from Friday Night Lights is kind of like fist pumping. Yeah, she's beating up the beat. Yeah, she's doing good. She's happy. She's happy. Yeah. Uh, here we are. We're in week five of the final season of Justified. Uh, for my money, one of the best shows on TV right now. And this final season has been really consistent, really solid, moving at a pace that I'm really enjoying. Antonio, what did you think of tonight's episode? Yeah, me too. I, episodes like tonight's are necessary. The the stuff with Ava felt like a little bit of a deviation in that it kind of it started in one place and sort of ended up in the same place. Although the stuff with her and Raylan is increasingly interesting. But uh, but yeah, episodes like this are necessary in a season where you've got to kind of build the drama. So for example, what happens with Boyd's crew? There's it's not a contained story that's going to continue into the next episode. And thank God because Zachariah Randolph is in the house, but. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, the pacing of this episode was good for the hour. But of course, we didn't move the pieces as far along on the board like we did with other episodes. But I think in the grand scheme of things, this will be a necessary episode. It, it puts people like Limehouse in play a little bit. We got some Constable Bob. We did a lot of fan service. So that's always always very valuable for a show in its final season as well. Yeah, I think I heard you say this uh, during one of your Better Call Saul recaps with Rob Sesternino when you were uh, asked to pump up what we're doing here on the Justified podcast. And one of the things you said that stood out to me that that's totally true is this is a show that really loves its fans to the point where you know obviously you got to get some constable bob action going on in the final season of justified it's just a given but we didn't need to see errol come back for example like that's just like a nod to people who remember that character from season three uh whose fate was kind of ambiguous the fact that he is alive and well and back in limehouse's good graces it's just it's a nice nod for people who've been paying attention to this show from the very beginning so i think spot on that just Justified is a show that loves its fans, and I think that this final season has really been proving that so far. Yeah, and I got to say, putting the tinfoil hat on a little bit, if Errol lived, what about our boy Bobby Q? Uh, listen, don't get my hopes up, man. I'm kind of at this place where I'm resigned to the idea that we're never going to see Bobby Corals again. So if he pops up, I'm also going to pop up. In, in, <laughs> six to midnight? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go from six to midnight. Uh, we're going to leave on that train to Georgia, and it's going to be a good time. <laughs> well, that uh, that that may be the reactions uh, as seen around the country when that when that occurs, if it occurs. I just I, I mean, I, I do like everything about kind of what this show recognizes. I I love all of the references, specifically in this season to season one, uh, to when Raylan first came to Harlan uh, and he didn't necessarily want to be there. And he was first meeting up with Ava and all the, even the first the pilot episode is referenced repeatedly at the beginning of this season. And we're getting references about the about that first season 
Jackson again here. Uh, and we saw Loretta low, low and we, we had references to Mags in a kind of roundabout way. We saw Dickie Bennett. So Justified is just really nailing it in terms of finding ways to organically work in some of these characters from seasons past in a way that makes it makes total sense that Ava would go to Limehouse. That's where she goes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it just wasn't something that was really on my radar as something that she was going to do eventually. But thinking on it and seeing her with Limehouse in this episode, absolutely. Of course, she goes to Limehouse. Historically, that's what she does. So I yeah. thought that was really good. I also like, you know, this episode really starts opening up. Believe it or not, the show is opening up the mythology even more in, in its final season where it really doesn't have to, where, uh, you know, Ava casually drops uh, what could have been her last name, Randolph, when she's telling Choo Choo, I'm Ava Randolph. And you and I were both like, is that just a fake name she just like threw out there? Or is that her maiden name? It turns out it's her maiden name. And it turns out that the Randolphs uh, are another, you know, family here in Harlan who have very specific opinions about other people in Harlan, specifically the Crowders. So I thought that was a really nice touch as well. And of course, you know, we'll we'll gush in, in greater detail about this guy, my man, Jeff Vahey, uh, Frank, oh, yeah. Frank Lapidus hanging out uh, here in Harlan County. So I'm a big fan of that. So, you know, this this show's really doing it for me right now. Yeah, me too. And and I even an episode like tonight's, like I said, where not all the stories are self-contained and where things kind of they, they, they aren't capers that run through one episode. There there's there are things that we're going to have to keep our eyes on going forward. I think even in an episode like that, where you don't really have this sort of uh, resolution to some of those what seem like they could have been story of the week type stories. I think it's still a great episode. And you managed to get a little Sam Elliott in there, a little Garrett Dillahunt in there. So it's it really just this one was was all over the map in terms of what it was touching and what it was hitting on. And they still managed to put up a very good episode. So kudos to the Justified crew and, and cast for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Shall we get into this? Let's do it, man. Uh, let's do it. And so we start off the episode with uh, with Ava and Boyd. Uh, last week, of course, we ended with Ava really freaking the hell out. And she was she was ready to split from the hotel. She was ready to run right into Raylan's arms and get the hell out of this whole situation because she thought that. Catherine Hale had finally caught on to her about Albert Ficus and and that being a really thin alibi and her actually working against uh, Boyd and, and Catherine and Duffy. And then, of course, Boyd comes in and has this great, great news that, baby, we're staying in Harlan. Uh, and she was not thrilled about that. But what is she going to do? She's not going to be able to run out in that moment. So here we are. We're in the car with Ava and Boyd, obviously leaving the hotel on their way back uh, to the Crowder residence. Uh, they come into a, a roadblock. Uh, and all the while, you know, you, you can feel it from Ava that she's just like, you know, she's still kind of torn. I sense anyway that, you know, she I, I'm starting to feel like she still has some, you know, legitimate feelings for Boyd here uh, and is genuinely perplexed about the fact that he has changed his mind about leaving Harlan and now has this harebrained idea uh, of how to keep this uh, this county alive. Yeah. And I mean, it's a perfectly cromulent, uh, if you will, reason, like she says, listen, I you don't want to poke the bear and then pitch your tent outside his den. And you never want to do that, by the way. No, you want to. I mean, keep the tent pitching to a minimum if at all possible. Very careful about where you pitch your tent. Yeah, definitely not outside the bear stand, especially after you poked him. Typically nowhere near bears. No, unless you're into that sort of thing, which is totally fine. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you might be in a you might be into the into the bear thing and maybe you're into that. And that's fine. That is fine. Not that there's anything wrong with Not that. that there's for anything sure. wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But I will say that that uh, Ava has 
tried very hard not to play her cards and, and to keep her cards pretty close to the vest. But here, I think it's perfectly reasonable that she would say to Boyd, like, I'm afraid to stay here because of that guy who came into my house and menaced the shit out of us and threatened to kill me. Like, that's a perfectly valid reason to be afraid, especially since part of your staying here plan involves coming right at that guy. Yeah, right at that guy, which is it seems like potentially a fatal mistake. Yeah. And and I, uh, I what did you make of that line that Boyd gives her when she when speaking of fatal mistakes where Boyd's like, yeah, we got to keep an eye on you. We're going to station somebody at the house. And then he said, what? How, she said, how long is he going to be there? And he said, less than you fear and more than you hope. Is yeah, that what he said? That's what he said. What uh, so so the idea being like, we're not going to be at war with Avery Markham for like forever. You know, this isn't a permanent thing. Uh, it's going to wrap up. It's not going to wrap up quite as fast as you would like to wrap up you are going to have eyes on you probably for you know i don't know call it days call it weeks you know months maybe but it's not like you know years i don't think is what he's what he's the rest of your life or whatever yeah yeah that's not a good i mean that's that's it's kind of a um it's pyrrhic victory at best it's like oh that's great okay fine not not as long as i'm worried about but longer than i want so awesome yeah, I mean, Boyd has really, you know, speaking of going from six to midnight, I mean, like, this is a, this is a guy. Who, I don't know who talked about that. Who said that? <laughs> this is a guy who, you know, was was not sure where things stood with his fiance for a very long time after she got out of jail. Little does he know just how far away from him she's gone. Uh, and, you know, it all it takes is like one hot night at the bar, you know, one hot night in the hotel, uh, one like harebrained idea while watching a man blow up in front of his face for like the old Boyd Crowder, the arrogant Boyd Crowder to overcome, you know, kind of the weak, frazzled Boyd Crowder. And here he is, you know, talking to a woman who has been through a real trauma, uh, unbeknownst to him continuing to be through a real trauma, not that he would care so much uh, about her feelings in that matter, I don't think. Uh, and, and he's just, you know, he's just he's owning the situation again and not really checking the pulse on on how she's feeling about things, really just only hearing the sound of his own voice in this room. Yeah, and that's that's probably not the the best deal there when not you're great. only yeah when you're only hearing the sound of your own voice. Not great. Not takes great. takes two to podcast, Josh. It does. I mean, a one man podcast or a one woman podcast, I think, is is doable, but difficult. Difficult. It, it's always nice to have a a, a Josh Wiggler uh, to lead the way and an Antonio Mazzaro to follow, or or vice versa. No matter where you are, whether you're uh, whether you're podcasting about Justified or you're in upstate New York somewhere. What? We don't talk about upstate New York. Oh, shit. Sorry about uh, that. How long do you think until our listeners realize that you just have a really good Josh Wiggler impression and you're talking to yourself? <laughs> Shut up, Antonio. <laughs> quiet, me. Yes, uh, you be quiet, sir. Be quiet, myself. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it turns out this, this whole roadblock is, I thought this was a, a clever thing, that this whole roadblock that Boyd and Ava have come upon, this police uh, barricade, is ordered by Raylan because Ava left that panicked, you know, not left, but she hung up in this panicked way in this panicked phone call with Raylan last week. And of course, Raylan is going to try and, you know, be somewhat at arm's length in looking in on Ava and trying to figure out what the hell is going on. So this ended up being being a little bit of a of a of a ruse uh, concocted by by Raylan um, to see just how is Ava doing. I thought that was interesting. 
Yeah. And, and I thought that that really kind of, for me at least, raised the stakes because so, so much during the season, Raylan's been telling Ava, like, you're fine. Just go do this. It'll be okay. You got to do this and kind of being the reassuring, uh, you know, poured in a storm for her when she's really scared or really upset. He's being kind of the firm hand with her and he's not really shown to her that he's very scared for her. And I think this was another really good way of going about that. It's to say, I'm going to go to the lengths of getting the KSP or whoever that was to set up a roadblock on the road and wait and stop all these other cars and inconvenience everyone else just for you to show up so that I can get the KSP, the Kentucky State Police, to get some kind of gauge on your emotional well-being. That's it. I don't want to tip my hand. I don't want to let you know I'm worried about you. This is the length that I'm going to go to, though, to figure out where you're at. And I think that was really good for me because I Raylan doesn't always show that to Ava, and so we don't often see it. But I I thought it was really good to see it in this kind of roundabout way. Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk. I mean, I guess, you know, I want to talk about it in greater detail when we get there, of course. But, you know, we let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Uh, the ending of this episode where Ava is going to kiss Raylan. And I mean, I guess it's left up to some interpretation, but it sure sounds like Raylan liked it and is planning on sticking around for a little more. Right. That's Is that the read that you got on that situation? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then he he really was like, yeah, I kind of like to stick around here. And Raylan's a free man right now. Raylan is not encumbered by any relationships or any trappings thereof. He's got Winona in Florida, but I don't think there's any promise that he's going to get back together with Winona. Uh, or or maybe I'm maybe I'm reading that wrong. I think she just wants him there to help raise the kid, and and that's really kind of that. But uh, but Raylan's single man, so I don't know. Ava Crowder, he's he's always had a kind of a thing there, and this is it. Sort of reminded me when he walked into her house that first time, and she saw him as a hero and instead of greeting each other with a hug there was an actual like lips kiss yeah and uh, and we got a little bit of that here and so yeah he he was into it i think yeah so i'm i'm bringing it up now just only because i i wonder you know i, I wonder how much raylan is like thinking about ava in that way now and has been during the season i mean he has had this kind of arm's length thing with her uh in every you know, in every instance we've seen between them so far, I mean, he is trying to look out for her in his way, certainly because they have history. But I wonder how much of that history is present of mind for him uh, and how much of that is woken up when they when they kiss at the end of the episode. Like, is he going to such great lengths here with the roadblock thing because he's looking after his asset or is it because he's looking after someone that he has, you know, feelings for whether he's willing to admit it or not. So that's that's kind of a question just on reflecting back in the episode that's sort of uh, playing around in my mind. I don't know yeah. how, how you feel about it. Well, no. And, and of course, when I watched the episode, I didn't know how it ended. Right. So I didn't know that Raylan and, and Ava were going to get there by the end of this episode. So to know that now and to be talking about it in hindsight, I think that's a, I think that's a valid observation. I think that there may be a little bit more than just kind of worrying about about the situation that's going on uh, because she's an asset against Boyd. I think that there's a lot more to it than that for Raylan. And of course, there's a lot more wrapped up in it. I mean, he was her savior in some ways for a while and kind of let her go. And she ended up with Boyd. And you sort of wonder, well, if I hadn't kind of kicked her aside and, you know, moved on to Winona or back to Winona or whatever that I did in season one, would she even be in this position? Am I responsible for a lot of where, where she ended up because she was so vulnerable and because she did need somebody uh, in the position that she was in? So maybe maybe uh, Raylan feels a little responsible for Ava in more ways than one, not just as her handler. Uh, but also as a former lover and somebody who cares about her. And I think we're finally kind of teasing at the edge.
edges of that now. And I don't think we really have been throughout the course of the season, but it's a much different lens to look at it through. And I think it's a more interesting one. Interesting indeed. Uh, and so, so when, when the, the police officers, they tell Raylan and Tim is with Raylan and they basically say, yeah, you know, didn't seem like she was having a great time in that car. Uh, does not seem like she was enjoying herself. Uh, and Raylan is not thrilled that this whole thing with, uh, is it Albert Ficus? Ficus? Ficus. Scott Farkas? Scott Farkas. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, they, they decide we got, we got to get that thing on lockdown. I don't think that we've really prepared this guy quite enough. And I get the sense you tell me if I'm if I'm reading this wrong, Antonio, that I get the sense that they didn't really lock down any kind of plan with this guy. No, I think that's accurate. I, I, I think that that's very accurate. And I think I, it was not only not only was it sloppy and, and kind of amateurish, but I, I got to say in that very next scene that we get to where we see Catherine Hale and Win Duffy's weird reaction to children, about the same one I have, I guess. Uh, Are you not then, a fan of children? I it, I don't know. Not not particularly. No, not, not particularly. I, uh, what did they do to you? They have germs. I'm not a germaphobe, but it seems like every time I'm around a kid, I get sick. So you've got germs. I do have germs, but I take care to not uh, plaster them everywhere. I don't know. I'm not going to go on a rant about kids for crying out loud. I don't want to alienate half We're our audience. We're already there. We're already there. Just if, keep going. Don't if stop. You, if you have kids, then then God love you. I actually do like kids when they get a little bit older, when they're about four, five, six, then I, they have personalities that start to develop. They're really fun to interact with, but it's mainly babies that I can't stand, Josh. You don't like how they look like Quato from Total Recall? <laughs> no or krang no i don't uh i it's just a it's sort of like an it, like a i don't know I, I just, a baby starts crying all the time making that noise won't stop and the parents can't really get it to stop and then they bring it places you're where you're calling it an it yeah say yeah you're it, right say him or her i also don't like uh, apple pie i don't like the fourth of july uh i don't like uh, ice cream or chocolate um you don't fireworks like stewart I don't like John Stewart. You took some I don't like on Facebook for that. I don't like brunch. I don't like fire. I'm, I'm a bit of a misanthrope, Josh. I, I'm starting to realize. Do you like pizza? I freaking love pizza. Okay, then we can continue the podcast. Dude, I would love babies if they were on pizza. Wait, that didn't sound right. No. I know. I don't know why I said that. No to baby terrible. pizza. Say no to baby pizza. I say no to it right now. All pizza right. portal, yes. Baby pizza, no. Okay. Uh, right. you, you bring up the hotel. Uh, yes, let's get back to that, let's please. Let's get back to the hotel. And like in too deep. I'm with it. Uh, you, you bring up the hotel and, and when Duffy has this idea that uh, we're going to look into this guy, Albert, Albert Ficus, 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 Farkas? I believe it's Far- Scott Farkas is I believe who it is. Do we, do we use this joke yet? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't edit it out. I have, I have like memento memory right now. We'll edit this part out. Is it really Ficus? I think it's Ficus, Albert Ficus, F-E-K-U-S. Right. Let's just say it a different way every time. Uh, so right. Albert, Albert Ficus, they're, they're going to send a guy to Albert Ficus's house, and if, no one sh- if, if any law enforcement shows up, they're going to have their answer. That's how they will know that, um, that Ava is a rat, that Ava is not uh, out of jail under the pretenses that everybody believes, which is clever and dangerous at this moment in the episode because you're like, uh, Tim is probably headed there right now. We've, yeah. been, we've been on Gutterson Death Watch for a while, and Regardless of that, it just would be very bad for Ava if if any marshal showed up to uh, to Mister uh, Ficus's house. So yeah. so it's uh, it's it's definitely alarming. And then Catherine says, "Well, what if no one shows up?" And Duffy says, "Well, we'll figure out another way to question him." Um, so that's that's what's going on. And Catherine has a great line. I thought, uh, which is, oh, "I like Ava. It'd be a shame if we had to kill her." Yeah, and uh, wow, Catherine Hale. She's a grandma. She's a grandma, Josh. She How is. do you feel about that? Do you have an acronym for that? 
well, I believe we already knew that she was a GILF. GILF is the acronym, I believe, uh, is in the vernacular. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I've heard that one before. You know, you can piece together what that what that's that a means. that's a grandmother you'd like to ficus. Uh, that's a grandmother you'd love to ficus. <laughs> Got it. Uh, no, true. sorry, it's Farkas. It's Farkas. That's right. It's Fracas. Um, yeah, and she is a grandma, uh, and her children, her grandchildren, uh, these do not seem like Antonio's favorite people. No, but they also win seems really taken aback by the kids. It and is I funny. Think I think that's really funny. This is this Jer Burns is great. And he play he plays it sort of very rattled by the presence of children. Uh, I will say something that, that struck me about this scene. And I want to kind of tie this into some comments that we had at our po- our show page at postshowrecaps.com uh, for our episode season four recap. Uh, we had a really pretty good theory. I thought that was uh, that was posted on the sh- on the show page uh, by by Brendan Fitzpatrick great fan of the show, Brendan Fitzpatrick, great friend of the show. He posted that he thought maybe Catherine Hale was the one who actually dined out her husband. It would put that scene with Ava in a whole new light. And maybe that's why Ava is so freaked out because she feels like Catherine can tell and Catherine can tell because she sees herself in Ava. And I thought that was a really interesting theory that, that Brendan posted on, on our page there. And I thought that, uh, that we got a little bit in this scene. It was kind of sneaky, but I forget exactly what Catherine Hale's line is, but she sort of reveals that the main reason that she's coming at Avery is in revenge for Grady. Right. That's at least what she says to win. Well, she's not saying it into a mirror, so we don't know what her internal monologue is, but that's what she says to win. You know, we're going to get back at that guy because I really I really want to take him down for what he did to Grady. Uh, and and I, I just wonder, she, is she protesting a little too much? Is she putting the heat on Avery a little too much to try to cover up what Brendan has kind of theorized? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's an interesting theory. I don't think we've got any... Um solid damning evidence that she is the one who dimed out her own husband and did all that stuff. But uh, it's an interesting theory and it's an interesting lens to look at the Catherine Hale scenes through. If you're open-minded and looking at the Catherine Hale scenes, taking her at face value and then reading her scenes with that theory in mind adds some really interesting layers to the character and what could possibly be, you know, while we're still in this phase where we can be a little tinfoil about things. Uh, I, I think it's fun. Uh, I'm, I'm not, too committed to the theory yet but i really like it and if that's the direction we go in that for whatever reason Catherine was the one who narked out her husband was the one uh you know is is coming after avery under these false pretenses for gosh knows why uh it's interesting it's an interesting idea i think the whole for me is when grady went to jail and when grady died she it seems like she lost a lot of power uh and lost a lot of status and i would just be curious about what's the long game behind that why would she knock out her her husband if, if that were the case so that's that's the one hole in the theory for me yeah and brendan's response to that is because the feds were closing in and she would have gone to jail anyway so she she chose the opportunity to turn states against him think about ava similar position where sure. she's already got some criminal activity wrapped up and yeah boyd being in jail is a lot probably worse for ava financially boyd is kind of her source of a lot of their let's ride off into the sunset type income but on the other hand if it's if it's him or me she's going to choose me and that's or at least that's kind of where she's been this season so we talk a lot on the show about shadow characters and about relationships that mirror each other uh, and every time Raylan's talking to a father he's thinking about arlo and things like that but 
I mean, I think that this is a really interesting shadow relationship that we hadn't really kind of sussed out and we only teased at the edges. And there's also that ADA Vasquez knows who Catherine Hale is and they kind of had a weird sort of like, oh, you're a horrible person kind of relationship. But what if that was all a front? Like, what if he said that to, to kind of cover up the fact that she really was the one that built the whole case? I don't well, know. I mean, it's he, very... he could he could be saying that and it's not a cover up or anything. He could actually mean all of that. He could actually good point. think that Catherine Hale is a horrible person and he would really know because he had a working relationship with her. It's a good point. Uh, and, and it's not a, it's not a hundred percent clear, I guess, uh, is, is what, is what kind of come out there. But I don't know. She, she talks a lot about how she's sure that Avery did it, that she was sure that he is the one who had Grady killed in prison and all these things. But man, uh, if this show has done a, a lot and a lot of great service with these powerful female characters that it would not at all not be, would, would, would perfectly be in keeping with justified to have Catherine Hale be the sort of Lady Macbeth behind it all for yeah. sure. It'd be cool. It'd be very cool. I'm into the theory. I'm I'm interested to see how it bears out. I'm not buying it yet, but I can totally see it happening. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be great. Uh, speaking of really powerful female characters and powerful female moments, let's talk about this this scene at Ava's house the next morning <laughs> where she's cooking this glorious breakfast for for Boyd, and Boyd is in such a great mood. He's so happy. He's got pancakes. Uh, he's got the promise of fried chicken coming up later in the in the evening um everything sounds fantastic everything is great he's just digging in he's got a big bucket of biscuits i can't be the only human being on the planet that thought ava was like gonna come around the corner with a shotgun maybe not blow him in half but this was serious shades of bowman crowder here Oh, yeah. Feed the man his favorite meal and then kill him at the table for sure. That was amazing. That's, uh, that's Ava's move. That's what she does. Yeah, that's like her. Um, that's her finish him. That's her like uh, fatality. If this yeah. Mortal Kombat <laughs> yeah, got to cook the dinner first and then bring out the shotgun. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. So I I don't know. It was like a little bit of uh, Chekhov's Last Supper uh, for, for me. It just it, it felt a little bit like this was this was something was going to happen. I thought maybe she'd like poisoned the coffee just to like knock him out. Because I got the sense that she was she was looking to make a big move. She was looking to to either uh, you know get Boyd you know killed or to run the hell out of Harlan. And I thought that either you know attempting to kill him here that would have been probably a reach, but uh, knocking him out and then heading for the hills I thought was within this show's reach at episode five of the final season. Um, so I was I was very on the edge of my seat throughout this otherwise innocuous scene that doesn't really amount to anything other than she just wants Boyd fat and happy while she weighs out her options and prepares to just get the hell out of town. Yeah. And I did like how, how Walton Goggins kind of played this scene. He was so like cartoonish almost. He was, Oh my God, I'm going to get all this food. It's so great. He was so happy. And, uh, and he gave, and then it, it inspires him to give her the ring back and that all went really well. So now they're re-engaged or, or they're re together, whatever that is. I really liked all that because in the next scene, Raylan basically says, Boyd is so delusional. He'd kill three of his own people before he ever suspected Ava. Yeah. 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 Which is something that, you know, we've talked about about, you know, if Boyd is catching on to, to Ava, does he want to see it? Like, is he willing to see it? Is he willing to allow himself to see that happening? And Raylan seems to be on the side that, no, this is where Boyd's got blinders. Uh, and as of now, certainly seems to be that is the case. Yeah. And, and I, so I really like that, that the scene almost suggested that in some ways the blinders were, were Ava enhanced, like that this, this sort of activity enhanced. is exactly in this. Let's, let's focus a little closer enhanced. here and see what we can see in the background. Enhanced. 
Is that, you're talking about shenanigans, right? <laughs> oh, the goofy shit on the walls? The yeah. Mozzarella sticks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're talking about shenanigans, right? Yeah. I thought that was Pizza Portal. I think but Pizza yeah. Portal was a shenanigans before it was a Pizza Portal. Before it was a Pizza Portal and, and then it before, became... Uh, it, was, it was a shenanigans before or after it was a bank. It was a bank first, then a failed shenanigans, and now a Pizza Portal. Oh, just give me the soap. <laughs> oh, hell, give me the damn soap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they had to get white chocolate for there. They had to get like sugar free chocolate because Brian Cox is a diabetic and he couldn't eat actual white chocolate. So I'm they not, had to get this gross, like na- nasty stuff and super troopers for him to bite on. I'm not shocked. Not shocked yeah. to hear it. Uh, let's 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 talk about these super troopers. Let's this talk. isn't a super troopers podcast. Uh, We're not doing no, that. That's 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 going to happen at some point. But not, All right. not today. I'm ready. Uh, I'm so so we have we have Raylan here on the phone with Ava. She's just losing her mind and she's trying to like figure out what she can do here she's like what if i say i'm done what if i say i'm out what happens now like if i leave today if i'm finished today what happens and raylan's like i mean there's based on what you've provided like so far like there's no guarantee that you won't just like go straight back to jail uh you know we need enough for a solid indictment and then you know we can talk about a witsec deal she doesn't want witsec she doesn't want to she doesn't want to be um you know she doesn't want to go and change her identity and run off and live some fake life in some place she hates. What did she expect out of this deal? Like, I what did know. she think was going to happen? Because that's all the best case scenario for her's ever been. Yeah, I mean, I I like what she wants. You know, what what she wants, I understand is you know she wants to she wants to still be Ava Crowder. Maybe she wants to be Ava Randolph. She wants to have her name. Uh, she wants to you know run off with some money and go to a, go to this place with uh, white beaches, you know, and clear water, like Boyd was talking about. But I think she wants to go alone and she wants to have her name. You know, it's like. Uh, it's it's like that crucible moment. It's my name. Yeah. It's the only one I have in this life. <laughs> uh, and like she just wants to cling on to that. So I, I, I feel where she's coming from. But uh, as for what did she think? What was she thinking? I think a lot of Ava Crowder's stories that she probably wasn't thinking most of the way through. She was feeling a lot. She had the hots for Boyd and she got caught up in this thing and all these bad things happened as a result. She didn't think through to the end game. She didn't realize that you know somebody would find the body and connect her to it and throw her in the slammer and she didn't think that Raylan was going to use her as a chess piece to get to Boyd and she certainly hasn't had the time to really truly fully process what all of this means and what it means for where she's going uh so I mean I think that you know it's probably just the first time they're really talking about this stuff out loud and Ava doesn't like it to the point where she says all right Ava uh, or she says all right Raylan I'll, I'll meet you at the junkyard in 30 minutes she hangs up her phone she throws the phone out the window and Ava is off to the races the rest of Ava's episode is basically going to be I got to get the hell out of Harlan yeah and uh, she probably should remember you'll never leave Harlan alive yeah I hope that she does though I hope she does. yeah I mean I think we all do but I I gotta say like I I I still don't I when Raylan told her, like, you haven't really given us enough, you'd probably go back to prison. I feel like, hey, you've made progress. Like, because two weeks ago, you were definitely going to go back to prison and it was a guarantee. And now it's only a probably. So just get him a little bit more and maybe you're in better territory. Even though Raylan's saying, got to get an indictment, got to get an indictment. I feel like she's a lot closer. So good for Ava. She's made some progress, at least. She's made some progress. All right. Well, this this is a fun series of scenes after the credits where uh, Tim and Rachel are going to go check in on uh, Mr. Is it Ficus? I think it's uh, I think it's Ficus. 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 Yeah. I think it's it's Ficus. Fe- it's feces. It's no. It's not that. 
Oh, sorry. I'm I'm just looking at my notes. Okay, your notes are wrong. Autocorrect. Uh, it's it's Mr. Fakus, and they're going to go and check in on him and make sure that uh, everything is in in place. Uh, but as they're driving up, I mean, bless these marshals, bless these writers for realizing that they're two marshals who they don't give you know too much to do on the show, but are giving a lot more this season. I think with Tim and Rachel, good on the writers for being like our marshals are smart. Our, yeah. our marshals know their shit. Uh, yep. And Tim and Rachel, they're driving to uh, to Farkas's house. Uh, and they spot uh, a maroon piece of shit at nine o'clock. And that happens to be Duffy's guy who is looking in to see if anybody is paying uh, Mr. Ficus a visit. Uh, and we get a little bit of a, of a back and forth between Tim and Rachel driving past and agreeing, like, let's just keep moving. And, you know, we don't know what their next move is going to be. We'll find out later. Uh, and cutting to the guy in the car who ask stuff you like you know nothing's happened should should uh you know should i chase after this guy um you know he's leaving should i follow him and duffy's like yeah absolutely follow him uh and not to yada yada through the best part the best part is obviously uh when duffy and mikey playing scrabble yeah we don't want to get too far past that because if we did i'd certainly be very aplex yeah you'd be very aplex i'm pretty sure that's not a word antonio i don't know i mean like uh it's certainly it's one of those things that seems like it should be a word it seems like it could could be a word. Yeah, I mean, apoplectic is a word. Yeah, a 28-point word boom, according to Mike. <laughs> and and I mean, like, a, a plex.net is a website. Granted, it looks like it's all in uh, some sort of Chinese characters, but it is a website. Uh, yeah, but I don't think websites are playable in uh, in Scrabble. You might be I, able to get away with that in Words with Friends. Words with Friends is wacky. It lets you get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah, and you could just type in a bunch of letters until it accepted the word. So it's basically, it's hardly, basically my strategy, Antonio. That's it. Well, I didn't realize that that qualified as an actual strategy. Eh, it doesn't really. Caveman. Caveman. Uh, yeah, I thought that was hysterical. Uh, yeah, really yeah, funny. Yeah, plex is a word, as in, I don't like that guy. He aplexes me. He aplexes me, and then later, are you okay? You look aplexed. <laughs> <laughs> that was excellent. I was dying. Yeah. I was dying. Yeah, that was. It, this is a funny episode. Uh, I mean, Justified's usually got, you know, it brings the laughs, but there were some moments that just crushed me in, in, <laughs> in this one. You've got Mikey playing Scrabble. You've got Constable Bob, and you've got Choo Choo being Choo Choo. Like that's a recipe for some laughs. Oh, uh, for bring, some lulls. Let's let's bring in Constable Bob right now. I can't wait any longer for Constable Bob. Uh, I can't either. He's he's here. It's joining the podcast. Constable Bob. Constable Bob, welcome to the show. Oh, that's I wish I could do a Patton Oswalt, man. I would brush it right out. I think all you have to do is just talk about Star Wars and Marvel for 10 minutes and that qualifies <laughs> as a Patton Oswalt impression. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, we got a, We got two references in about five minutes of Constable Bob. There you, know. you go. Here. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, Constable Bob back in the mix. Raylan needs a guy he can trust in Harlan to go and find Ava because he's at the junkyard. Ava hasn't shown up. You got to imagine it's been, you know, significantly longer than 30 minutes, maybe, you know, 45, 60 minutes. Uh, and Raylan has pieced together. OK, so Ava's just trying to get the hell out of here. Stupid freaking Ava finds out that the, her car has not moved from the side of the road. And, you know, gosh knows how long. Uh, and so she needs somebody to help track down Ava. Ava and that's going to be you know Constable Bob because who else is it going to be yeah and and we'll 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 get to how this all plays out but I want to know from you when we when we get there 
what was Raylan's plan all along? Did he did he really just need somebody and he thought of Bob? Or did he know that what, what we could get out of Bob was what we got out of Bob? I, I'm, I'm interested to see what you think about that because uh, ultimately he knows, Raylan knows where Ava is going. He, he knows that she's going to go to Noble's Holler. Right. But I don't, I, I think, you know, I buy Raylan saying like he can't show himself um, to like prominent players in the Harlan scene, you know, at Noble's Holler. He can't have Limehouse knowing about his connection to Ava. He can't, right. He can't risk that. Right. Uh, so he needs somebody like Bob to play this part. But yeah, I mean, he pieced together what, what you and I had not even really considered was that uh, at some point Ava could run to Limehouse and, you know, cause that's the guy that she used to visit when she was getting, uh, you know, beaten by, by Bowman Crowder. Uh, so of course she's going to go to Limehouse and Raylan, you know, it's, it's, it's funny justified. It's been a long time since Raylan and Ava had really have had any kind of real relationship relationship on the show basically since season two uh but you know once upon a time these two were very very close you would you know believe that raylan knows this about ava at this point that raylan knows that she has this connection to limehouse so he knows where she's going he just can't show his face himself and he he sends bob and i mean who else is he gonna send who else is there to send like and any trustworthy law enforcement officer is either a not in harlan county or b if they were in harlan county those guys are dead now uh dead or you know arrested or whatever or you know imposters like drew thompson uh so you gotta call constable bob he's the only guy you make a fair point you know there's and plus really, he's got a sweet new ride yeah he's got a sweet new ride oh my god he's got a sweet new goatee yeah everything's coming up constable bob yeah things are things are going pretty 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 good for uh for constable bob he's looking he's looking pretty great um you know we we had a question earlier uh on twitter from uh from nando from random nando who asked uh who has better facial hair garrett dillahunt who plays ty walker or antonio mazzaro uh much love to both you and mr dillahunt i'm gonna give the edge to pat and oswald to go tea Little Constable Bob action. I think that I, I'm, my my money's still with Garrett Dillahunt, but uh, but I think that I can under I can understand your vote. I think I think Constable Bob would be a close second for me. Constable Bob with the goatee looking pretty good. Yeah, looking pretty, uh, pretty, 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 pretty good. good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, he looks great. He looks great. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's looking good. He's oh, looking man. good with the car there. Yeah, and this is where we find out uh, Ava, Ava Randolph. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, yep. You find out that Ava Crowder is indeed Ava Randolph. Uh, so that's that's nice. Uh, one mystery solved. Uh, I like that. I also, I just love, oh, I love Patton Oswalt in this scene. I just, oh, man, that girl could make a dog break its chain uh, was pretty good i also like when raylan says uh, i need you know i need to tell you something and i need you to keep your lips zipped he says oh my shit is zipped uh, so I just, you know it's just it's nice to have fat and oswald back in the mix. oh constable bob is great and it is he's the perfect sort of like uh i don't know exactly he's got he's, his dreams are much bigger than his reality let's put it that way yeah. but uh he's like he's like a benevolent dewey crow like he's the good guy dewey crow and he's, you know, he manages, he does what Raylan says about him later in the episode about having balls and a badge and all that. Uh, take everything else aside about Bob. He is a brave kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Death Star balls. Yeah, I love it. He's got a couple Death Stars. Yeah, twin Death Stars. Does that mean there's like a vent in each one that you could fly into? And yeah, and one of them is only partially built. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. That means he's half nuts, right? Uh, he's, he's half nuts, half half nuts, Bob. Uh, yeah. So he's he's got uh, Death Star balls. Uh, let's let's talk about a guy who it's very exciting to see. Let's get into the Limehouse thing. Um, it was great to see Limehouse. It was really really cool to see uh, this character pop back up again. Um, just you know, who, who knows who's going to pop up in this final season? I was really hoping we would see some Limehouse action. Really great to see him. And then I was really shocked to see. Aaron that was a that was a real surprise for me yeah and and i i mean i really like how limehouse never changes limehouse is always trying to say what's in it for me like how can i i will stick my neck out for you but i'm not doing it just because i want to do it you have to make it worth my while and no matter what problem somebody comes to limehouse with that's usually what his response is and and i so i really like that about limehouse for for various reasons i like knowing that he's out there just keeping it real for the rest of us but i also like that that in moments like with alan may he didn't bend and he didn't he didn't break. He didn't he didn't follow through with uh, a lot of just taking the money and run. He he does have principles, but his first reaction is always like, how is this going to benefit me personally? And I like that because I also like that Errol might still be out there and kind of like having to consider living that same life. Like, OK, I'm not going to be in it for uh, this weird reason or somebody else. Like, I'm going to look out for myself uh, when it comes down to it. And, and I think that he's having to adjust in that life because that means kind of playing ball with Limehouse when it's important and not kind of freelancing like he did in the Robert Quarles season. Uh, but it also means like respecting the way Limehouse lives, uh, knowing that that will be his way of life one day. I mean, I got to think he's the uh, the heir, the heir in waiting here to Limehouse. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, so he, so he's back in the mix. That's great. Uh, I you know you talk about Limehouse as this pragmatic character, uh, which is why I very much appreciated when you know it looks like Ava's flirting with the idea of giving uh, his her engagement ring over to Limehouse as collateral to get the car that she's looking for because she just she need, she's not telling him why she needs the car. We know why she needs the car. She wants to get the hell out of here. Uh, and Limehouse is like, ah, don't bother with that. Like you're going to have to give me something that's going to get me excited. Yeah. Uh, but, but I liked what that said both about Limehouse and what I really liked what that says about Ava is that eight, like, you know, she doesn't come out and say it, but just with her body language, you know, that like, it's at least on the tip of her mind that, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe I can pawn this off and, and get out of here. And that's just like, it's how desperate Ava is. It's a testament to, I guess, um, you know, how she's willing to, to weigh her current situation versus whatever feelings she has for Boyd. I just thought that was a really nice note. Yeah. She just got that ring back and she's already considering getting rid of it. So <laughs> I think that's a, a perfect, uh, talismanic representation of exactly where she stands with Boyd for sure. Yeah. Anything else from the Limehouse scene? No. No, I, I mean, he, I, I don't know about you, but he, he says, don't play me. I did not know what her plan was at that point. I actually thought she might be willing to dime out the whole pizza portal vault with a bunch of money in it kind of situation. And I thought to myself, listen, Ava, that's the sort of thing that Limehouse never goes in for. Like, that's not it's too much work, too much risk. And that's a, that's a Boyd Crowder thing. That's not a Limehouse thing. So I, I, I like that yeah, uh, that, that but, wasn't what Elson was going for. But 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 but. It is an Errol thing. It is an Errol thing. And that's what I wondered. She's like, I'll point Errol to the money, you know. So I'm wondering, like, okay, is this going to be more of Errol kind of freelancing or right. will he have learned his lesson? Like, where is this going to end up? So I did really like how that scene played it a little bit vague in terms of what Ava's plan was because Errol was involved. Limehouse was involved. Uh, this could get interesting. This is the only Limehouse scene, right? Limehouse doesn't show up again. It's all Errol from this point forward. Right. All right. So may as well talk about it now. Um, you know, Ava's 
was going to get free of Errol later on in the episode, thanks to Raylan and Constable Bob, uh, you know, Limehouse had this line where he says, you know, don't play me, that wouldn't be wise. You know, Errol's going to wake up from being, you know, shocked unconscious, uh, wondering where the hell is Ava Crowder. You have to imagine that Ava is getting back in with Boyd and, and all of that. So what's Limehouse's reaction going to be? Because he knows that Ava came to her uh, came to him looking for a way out. Uh, what does Limehouse do with this info? Does he just, you know, sit on it and it's none the wiser and this is just the end of the Limehouse thing and it's just it was just a quick cameo just for some fan service? Or is Limehouse going to enter the mix now in, in a significant way? It's a good question because I that's what I kind of thought in the moment when she's like, I can tell you where to get some money. And I thought, oh, snap. Now we have a real wild card in the mix who may or may not be with Boyd, may be against Boyd, may be playing. He may, he may go to, to, to Dillahunt. He may go to Ty and Avery and just say, hey, Boyd Crowder's on to you. This is what his plan is. I'm just trying to help you out, knowing damn well that by double dealing on against Boyd, he's going to get in with them and maybe get the money himself. Like having Limehouse possibly in the mix changed the complexion completely. And then, and I didn't mean to say change the complexion, but that's a play on words. But I will say that uh, that it didn't end up happening that way. Did not so it was a little interesting. He does know that Ava is in hot water with Boyd, that it is Boyd Crowder and the police that she's trying to run from. So he knows she's up to something. And I think that this, what this does is it kind of burns Limehouse for her. I don't think she can go back to him now and really kind of get him to give her the same sort of treatment that he just gave her, because this is sort of a fool me once kind of thing. Yeah. Like now, now Ava doesn't have Limehouse as an option anymore. She's burned that card. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So that's interesting. I'm I'm curious to see how they continue to use Limehouse if they continue to use him at all. But he's got information that could be very uh, interesting to certain people. So you got to wonder what the show is planned for Limehouse is at this point. I don't feel like this is a show that just has cameos just to have cameos. He loves Limehouse loves having information that is currency. That's currency to him. So that's a big deal for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But yeah, it is just it is great to see Limehouse back in the mix. Great to see Errol back in the mix. Uh, and just to echo something that we said earlier, Hunter Scholl wrote into us and, and wrote, uh, they're really not holding anything back this season. Do you guys think we'll see quarrels again? Because I say yes, if they're going to bother to bring back Errol, I think anyone is fair game. Uh, man, I don't know, Antonio. I'd be so pumped. I would be pumped. I, I and, and I struggle. Of course, I'm not being paid to write on the justified writing staff, even though that would be an incredible job. I, uh, I struggle to come up in the moment with a way to bring him in organically. And of they course. do such a good job. The Limehouse thing, totally organic. Of course, Ava would go there. Uh, bringing Quarles in, it's a lot. Detroit's not in the mix. They haven't been in the mix. The O'Tonin's out of the picture. Quarles does know about Harlan and everything in Kentucky. But I got to think if he is alive, it's the last place he'd want to be. And he's probably in jail. Yeah. So so I don't know how we're going to get him in the mix if he if he will get in the mix. But I would I would, of course, welcome it. And I'm sure they do a bang up job with it. Prison break with Dickie Bennett. OK, maybe not. Maybe not a bang up job like that. Maybe that's not the bang I was talking about. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd be. Yeah. I'd be happy. I yeah, that, I, I would. I I'm, I'm looking for that for a spinoff. Now that Dewey's gone, we got to have somebody with Dickie on our spinoff show. And uh, no, I know. R.I.P. Dewey. No. Yep. Dewey that's. No. 
All right. Uh, du- du- duly noted. Du- duly noted. All right. Let's let's talk about Boyd. Who I love how everyone's eating at at Ava Crowder's house. Everyone's just eating the leftovers. Yeah. Uh, like I think it's Earl who just has like a big bowl of biscuits, or maybe it's the other guy. The other guy whose name I do not know. Uh, it's not Carl or Earl. Those are the brothers. And then there's the guy who I think found Dewey's gator teeth. I think that's the guy who's eating the biscuits. Yeah. Uh, we'll just call him Biscuit Eater. Yeah, bis- biscuit Boy. Uh, biscuit Boy is eating some biscuits and Carl has just come back um, from, you know, intimidating some people away from selling their property to Markham. Um, and how does Boyd know which people to target at this point? Is it, has he studied? Is it just that he studied the, the blackmail book at this point? Because he doesn't have that anymore. No, he doesn't. And and I, I think that uh, I think that what it comes down to is there's a finite amount of farmland in Harlan, like we've talked about. Boyd knows what farmland would be good for growing weed. And so he knows who the targets would be. He just knows it because there's only so many people that could be on that list. It's not an infinite number. And I think that's mainly probably how he knows it. Once he sniffed out what the plan was. And by the way, one of our listeners, a great, uh, great friend of the show, uh, Susan Apple, she, she, she sniffed that as Susan Appleby, uh, Appleby, she sniffed that out a lot quicker uh, than any of us did. And she posted it on our show page a couple weeks ago that the legal weed storyline was where she saw this season going. So kudos to Susan for sure for that. And uh, and now that Boyd's on to that, now that Boyd's on the same page and on that plan, he's got to know there's only a few farms there. So you think that that's just like, uh, I don't know, Boyd's just like natural criminal instincts. He's just like, oh, yeah, that, that's the that's the good spot for the Christmas tree weed. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I, I mean, I think that that's him living in Harlan, knowing Harlan, uh, knowing I like where that. weed used to be grown. I think that's probably the best way to, to go about that for sure. I like that as an explanation. I buy that. Uh, but I, I, I'm a little confused. Can you tell me, because I really got lost in this, in this scene, he starts talking about how he needs another guy. There's going to be black damp. And he talks about how black damp is like a scenario where the, the chemical composition and the air changes. And despite the fact that there's air around, you can't breathe anything in there's no oxygen so what is his plan here is he tunneling into pizza portal that's what i got out of it uh i I, i'm pretty sure that's what he was saying right he says because there's like an attic that like ends just about 187 yards from pizza portal is that what he what he said or yeah, like, like the, I think that's like an existing like and there's an existing tunnel or there's an existing way in. That's that, where they, that, that's where they wind up. Right. That's is that is that where they are with uh, with Zachariah later in the episode? I think it's the entrance to that, that 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 tunnel or that mine. That is where they end up. Yeah, I think it's the entrance to that. Uh, it's shut off. And so they have to get in the thing first and then they have to get into it. And then we're in a fire in the whole situation where they go the rest of the way somehow through the ground. Yeah, like they he pull like a, a bishop and alien and they just like tunnel their way all the way through. Yeah, he puts a big straw in the ground and he goes all the way across and he drinks their milkshake. I drink it up. Yes. Yeah, I think so that may be what's happening. I think that's what the plan is, but it was confusing to me. It was a little confusing. It was it was just a little bit rushed. You know, sometimes sometimes the show really, you know, basically all the time the show expects you to be smart enough to follow along with what's going on. It doesn't really like to slow down uh, and explain anything for, uh, for carpetbaggers. No outsiders. You know, you really got to be hip to what's going on in Harlem. But sometimes it just goes slightly over my head. Uh, and and this, this you know, threatened to. I think that that's what's going on. I think that they're planning on tunneling to Pizza Portal. But in order to do that, they need a fifth man or whatever man. They need an extra guy uh, and somebody who has some experience with this kind of thing. Because Boyd is surrounded by, you know, some hardened criminals. But 
people who are a little green when it comes to the mining thing. Except for yeah. Biscuit Boy. I think Biscuit Boy, uh, you know, seems like he had some experience. He'd done a stint somewhere, and that was Boyd's kind of guy. But they need they need more of that kind of guy for sure. And this is a Dig Dug type situation, so yeah. we need to find somebody who's into that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get there. Um, and and when, when we get to that moment, remind me, I've, I've got a Carl and Earl thing that I'd like to say. All right, uh, yeah, I know. I'm with you on okay, that, too. Cool. So right, we'll great. get there. But what you know what else goes in tunnels are choo-choos. Choo-choos. Choo-choos do go in tunnels. And keep the keep the skim milk out of those tunnels if you can. Oh, my God. I was laughing so hard. I, I even emailed you right in the middle of the episode, like, yeah. oh, my gosh, skim milk. I'm dying. Like, I know. So, so funny. That's just continuing to be just a revelation, uh, Choo Choo. Uh, he's so funny. And I, I just love him being like, Blonde is skimming from the register. Uh, and Ty Walker's like, it, it doesn't matter that she's skimming. All the good bartenders <laughs> skim money. Yeah, it's like $40. What are you talking about? Yeah, Who cares? 40 bucks at night. Uh, and like the bartender comes over and asks, like, uh, do you guys need anything? How about some skim milk? Uh, just choo-choo being clever is not, not a great speed for him, but uh, very funny for us yeah and and i think so and and just i like i still i mean i like the nuance in this character even if the even if if at duke unchained uh, duke davis roberts aka choo choo aka mundo even if he doesn't take care of this even if he doesn't resolve the situation i like knowing that choo choo is a complicated guy he's not just a one track kind of uh you know like uh he's like what is it what is the line from blazing saddles mongo only pawn and game of life or whatever like i i love that that Choo Choo is a little bit you know self-aware or aware of more it, it goes with the thing calling the vault of curiosity and this is a guy who might have had something going on a long time ago and is 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 hurt himself in war and this is where he's ended up but he's there's there's something going on there for sure once upon a time uh but you know Ty Walker not having any of this not not no. not into this he wants to focus on what's uh what's in front of them because he's pissed uh and Avery Markham is pissed and everyone should be pissed because somebody is standing in the way of their plans uh somebody is intimidating these people to not sell their land and they can't just kill these people anymore uh because you know the people that they did kill the people who uh they they trapped in the house and you know unleashed whatever uh toxic air that that killed uh I forget the names of, of those people but the Raylan's old English teacher and the husband uh, they can't do that because they're now dealing with people who have heirs and if they kill off these people then the heirs will inherit the land and you know who knows if they're any more or less amenable to the offers Uh, so they're facing a problem they need to get these people to to sell their land otherwise they are risking um, you know losing tens of millions in the future Uh, so it's a reason for everybody to be frustrated you know it's they've already done pretty well but they are probably banking on you know having a lot more money uh than what they would currently have with their current situation they need to buy more land in order to get more money and markham is pissed off yeah does he just live in that basement i love that he's just down there uh well i mean he walks into pizza portal and and they meet down there i don't think he yeah. lives down there i don't know i like to think that he lives down <laughs> the there. big bad wolf lives in the basement yeah he lives in the vault i wouldn't he be sleeps in there with the money oh like uncle uh, like scrooge mcduck yeah exactly he's swimming around in a bunch of dimes yeah i could see that 
Yeah, you know, it's a big bad wolf. He's a duck, whatever. Yeah, here in Pizza Portalberg. Yeah, I, I buy that. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, he Markham is pissed, and you know, and Walker is angry as well. And you know, they they're trying to figure out who could be doing this. Who's the primary? Who who is the person that is standing in their way? Because it it could be two very different animals. Only two people of the enemies that they have made along the way have enough sway to stop people from selling. And that's the Marshall Givens and the criminal Crowder. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I love that they're two sides of the same coin. It's like, it's one or the other, but they're two in bed together this way. Like they it could be either one of them. Uh, and I, I, I like that they suspect that Raylan could be doing it. I, I mean, I love that Raylan and, and Boyd are so close in this respect in these guys' minds, like either one of them could be up to it. But the unfortunate thing about this, as we kind of already hinted about is regardless of who's doing it, they're pretty sure they know where the information came from. Yeah. And I, I didn't put this together at the time, um, but, but obviously, there, it, we're going to see later on in the episode that the suspicion is that Calhoun somehow spilled the beans. That's yeah. going to end up being fatal for Calhoun, unfortunately. Yeah, which, which as we just talked about, isn't necessarily the case. He spilled the beans, but to Raylan. Right. Right. So potentially Boyd just has this information just on his own. Yeah. And he's come up with he, he figured it out once he figured out what the uh, what the plan was. He figured out what was necessary and he's kind of smart enough to be further down the board. But unfortunately, Boyd's intelligence may have put uh, our boy Calhoun, a.k.a. Buddy Garrity on the slab. Yeah. Ah, what a bummer. Uh, what, what a bummer. What did you think of this moment where where Ty Walker asks Avery if he can if he has permission to speak freely and Markham just like kind of shoots him down and says are you about to give an opinion or a warning or both it seems to me I've been perfectly clear about what I expect to transpire down here nothing's up for any more discussion uh what is Ty Walker trying to say here what is what is he what is he trying to get across uh and are you sensing any sort of fraying loyalty between this guy and the person he has sort of committed to yeah I don't know and I and I don't know what you have in mind because I don't know i i thought about that and i couldn't really figure out exactly what ty was going to say um maybe he was going to say this is a lot harder than we've anticipated this is getting out of hand we're going to go kill somebody like that's going to be the third person the third body we've put down since we got down here the suspicion is going to start to you know drain on us that there's a federal marshal involved already they know who we are they know where we we are they know all of it so it's actually not a good idea that we go kill this guy um maybe that's what he was going to say I actually took Sam Elliott's sort of uh, close-minded, don't give me any feedback kind of thing to be a sign of weakness, whether oh, of he whether he realizes it or not. Right? This is him saying, "I don't want to hear anything about how it's not going to work." Well, guess what? Then you're not going to you're going to be a little surprised when it actually doesn't work. Exactly. No, it, that's a big sign of weakness for the big yeah. bad wolf. It's uh, yeah. you know a lot of uh, hubris that you you don't uh, you don't want to see out of a yeah. guy like that. Yeah. So I couldn't tell if the point of the scene was that, or if the point was to establish that there was a, a fraying there, but I think it was more just the hubris for me. Yeah. Um, as for where I see it going, I don't know where I see it going necessarily, but just like trying to put myself inside of Ty Walker's head. And if I'm in his position and it looks like it's getting increasingly dangerous and incre- increasingly difficult to get the mission accomplished here in Harlan County to the, to the satisfaction of Avery Markham, uh, I mean, I guess we don't know too much about who else Markham is working with and how dangerous those people are. But if you look at Ty Walker and you look at Seabass and you look at Choo Choo, these are some dangerous men themselves. They know where the money is. How, how, how tough would it be to pop one in Avery Markham's head and just like take that money and split it three ways and get the hell out of there? 
Yeah, wouldn't be tough at all. Wouldn't be tough at all. And I think Avery needs to recognize that. Yeah, but you know what? I think we're saying it wouldn't be tough at all, and then it would end up being ludicrously difficult, and everyone would get busted and either end up dead or in jail, classic justified style. Uh, So I think this is why you and I would make for bad criminals, as evidenced by the fact that we keep referring to this upstate New York incident that we... uh, No, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about it. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. We uh, I will say, though, I, I you're right. I mean, you're right about that. And the other thing is they're military and Ty is very deferential saying like permission to speak freely, sir. It's what you would say in a military situation. And we know these guys are ex-military. So maybe there is that sort of respect that, sure. that you and I don't have where we might oh, go we out res- of line. We respect nothing. No, I don't even. I mean, I shit. I was talking about how I hate babies earlier. So <laughs> you don't respect life. No, I don't even respect life. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean that. That's a. It's a very, very valid point that that I was thinking as well. It's just like what what would stop him from doing that? Because it does seem like, uh, you know, let's let's just assume that Avery is the big bad wolf, and there's no one else on his level that would come down on Ty Walker, and it is just kind of a tight uh, organization with with Markham leading these guys. Then they really could probably just plug him and steal the money and run away. Um, but I, I, you know, I could see that that military minded, uh, you know, sort of obedience to their leader type of thing. I, I could see that being a, a big factor in why that might not happen, which is interesting. It's an interesting, yeah. interesting layer to the characters. Um, all right. Let's talk about something that made oh boy. me very happy to oh see boy. a guy from Lost on Justified tonight. Uh, it was really great. It was very good to see Jeff Fahey popping up as uh, Zachariah Randolph uh, related to Ava Randolph. Yeah, her uncle. And uh, not enough chest hair is my only criticism. Well, there's still time. Oh, you're right. There is. There's, you just made me so happy. There's still time. We could see. Oh, some, we could see some uh, some uh, chesty Raya might be uh, popping up at some point. Oh boy, I can't wait. Uh, yeah. So so what what do you think of this character? This is a guy, Zachariah Randolph. Clearly not a fan of Boyd Crowder's. Uh, he you know greets Boyd. You know Boyd greets Zachariah with a bottle of uh, of of whiskey. And and did you catch what kind of whiskey that was? I wish I tried and I couldn't figure you out. Stay exactly. on whiskey. You watch come on i know i know i failed i failed what I failed. else are we paying you for i don't know not much yeah we're paying you uh like uh pizza portal money and you're yeah. and this is what you do and this is what i do this is what i know i feel like uh i feel like i really mundoed that one yeah you really mundoed the crap out of it uh yeah but he shows up with like a, a bottle of whiskey as a peace offering and zachariah responds with pointing a gun in this guy's face yeah uh so and he like even takes the whiskey and he just like looks at him and laughs and goes back inside which is great <laughs> it by is the a way. great great note so uh justified has always excelled in the casting department it is um a little bit mind-boggling that it's taken us this long for jeff a to to enter the mix i feel like in an alternate universe in a flash sideways if you will uh he would have been a good choice for drew thompson he would have been a good shelby you know i will uh, i know you will yeah uh, and jim beaver would be a good zachariah randolph but would jim beaver be a good frank lapidus um i mean maybe yeah i could see it maybe i, I, I feel like i feel like these two guys could play basically anybody they want uh, yeah. you know, not, maybe not everybody they want, but lots of people and it would be very good. So yeah. anyway, regardless, very happy to see Jeff Fahey here on, uh, on justified. And we'll talk about that more, uh, in a GIF. Let's talk about Ava Crowder. Let's talk about Zachariah's niece, uh, who is in the car with Errol. And at this point, it's very clear 
uh, I think to us that she is just like trying to trying to get this car and, and just get the hell out of there. But uh, that's not going to that's not going to go according to plan. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, you kind of know that right away. Yeah, you kind of figured that right away because Errol basically says that the that the plan is changing, that she has to go and take uh, take him to the money first. Uh, she thought, well, I thought I'd get the car first. Says, no, you know, you got had to know we were not going for that. Yeah. Uh, and so now Ava's once again in panic mode because, of course, she doesn't have any money. No, and and she's really kind of there's not really much she can do. This this whole improv that occurs is, I guess, a, a good plan on her part. But I'm it was not. I mean, Errol was sniffing every second of this, except for the second where a third force came in in the form of Constable Bob. Yeah, Constable Bob has spotted Errol and Ava. Uh, he not only that, he followed them out of Nobles, leapfrogged ahead of them, uh, and now uh, sees that they're going through downtown. Uh, so. Constable Bob on his A game right now. Yeah, he's on he's on fleek fleekus. He is on fleekus. Uh, he's he's on fleekus right now for sure. Uh, and it seems like some other people are on fleekus as well. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, that uh, there's one pretty key one, and that's uh, that's that's Win Duffy with Mikey. Ah, uh, yeah, I I loved seeing uh, this guy Farkas. It's Farkas, right? I think, well, yeah, it's, it's, is it fleek, uh, ficus? I think it's ficus. Yeah. So Frankus is in his motel room and he's got like these champagne glasses and roses. Another funny detail that we didn't say about, uh, Albert Frankus is that apparently he lives with his mom and dad, uh, which I thought was very sweet. Uh, and he, you know, we certainly know him from the scene that we saw of him in season five, that he is a real weak wimp of a man, uh, to the point that, you know, he's going to do something as cowardly and evil as rape a a Crowder uh, and you know he goes ahead and frames her for assault and you know that's the big uh, reason for his woes later on and you know we see him with Boyd and you know he's just this guy is a total wimp uh, so you just you just buy that you buy the backstory for this guy that this is a guy who lives with mom and dad goes to motel rooms with champagne and flowers and you know he is looking for you know uh, for, for Cindy I think was the name of the woman who you gotta imagine is probably not coming over out out of pure interest uh if she exists at all um, yeah but of course it, it, it all ends up being a fiction he's, th- he's thirsty he's thirsty but none of this is real uh this is all concocted by tim and rachel i i, I assume at this point i think so and uh, and good on them yeah, right like that's uh that's i don't know exactly how they did that i guess the, uh, my guess is they called him and they, yeah. t- you know, they got him on the phone and they said, we're going to go to here. Then that's where we want you to go next. I mean, I don't know how else they played that because they must have already called him before they pulled up to his house. They must have called him. And that, and that makes a ton of sense because otherwise Duffy might have gotten to him first. Right. Well, I think it's they, they were probably driving over to get to the house and then they spot the guy who's looking in on on his house and they probably call him from there and say, yeah. hey, meet us at this place We're the government. You have to do what we say because we're the government. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that was really good. Uh, so, so we'll get to uh, the continuation of that scene in a second. Let's go back to Zachariah's, uh, and we're going to recruit Zachariah. Zachariah has joined the party. Yeah, it, that's pretty funny. It only costs him 10,000 gold pieces. Yeah, 10,000 gold pieces to join the party. Level up. You have a new player in the ring. Uh, we have Zachariah Randolph is going to be involved in this. Uh, he's going to be hired for uh, what manner of work, Antonio? The kind of work he, he lives for, yeah, right? The only manner he lives for. Yeah, uh, so, so I thought this was a great plan. Boyd gives a guy who's carrying a shotgun a bottle of whiskey, and then he reapproaches him. <laughs> and doesn't he expect that the half the bottle's gone and the shotgun 
shotgun's still going to be there. Like, this doesn't seem the best plan, but 10K is 10K. 10K is 10K. Uh, and it's 10K just to hear him out. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to say yes. Doesn't have to say yes. It's, it's, a, 10, it's a 10K conversation. I think you take the conversation. Boyd's smart enough to know the lure of the kind of job is going to bring Zachariah into the mix. Yeah. So is he so was he like a, just a minor? Does he have criminal history as well? What do you think is the deal with Zachariah? Yeah, I think until the age of 18, he was definitely a minor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. Hashtag dad jokes. I really don't know. Um, oh. um, he 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 clearly he very clearly has he's like the he reminds me of the explosives expert from I believe that's season four no season three uh, he's he reminds me How of the explosive you forget Mr. Wiz I do no not he reminds me of Mr. Wiz from last episode but he also reminds me of the cantankerous old kind of bombs season expert three. from season, season three, three yeah. that uh, Errol ends up on the wrong side of and Errol's buddy gets blown up uh, as a result of trying to rob he's just kind of this guy who really knows his stuff uh, and it's kind of out of the game but might be able to be coaxed back in with some very interesting task or promise so this is a guy who knows these this sort of thing inside and out knows the chemicals of it he even talks about it in sort of a spiritual way later in the episode right. so this means a lot to this guy it means a lot to this guy uh, i wonder how much ava means to him obviously enough that he hates the crowders and everything because of what bowman crowder did to ava but i really do hope that we get to see a little bit more of the relationship between ava and zachariah at some point in line yeah, I actually thought when Boyd said, I'm going to figure out how to get into this guy or whatever, he thought I thought he was going to call Ava and say, Ava, need you to talk to your uncle. Yeah, I thought so, too. Uh, and that would have been difficult because she doesn't have her cell phone. No, well, she doesn't have her, her burner. I think she's still got her Boyd Crowder cell phone. Uh, she doesn't have her, her Raylan approved blue iPhone 5C. Is she not using the same phone for everything? Yeah, I don't know. That's a though. You know what? That's a good question because he does see her texting. I think she's just using the same phone. This whole, you know, let me throw just one critique at Justify. This whole or this operation is sloppy. Yeah, it's top, a sl- top it's bottom sloppy operation. Hashtag sloperation. It's a sloperation, and you know, like Raylan, we've already said, like Raylan, what are you doing going to the hospital? What are you doing going to the hotel? What are you doing going to all of these places? And like to the point that he's gonna potentially have sex with Ava in her house with Boyd like five minutes away what's going on here and she's just texting on her phone same phone that Boyd could read at any moment so sloperation up and down yeah and and I gotta say uh there's some more sloperation here a little bit later so I'll, I'll I'll point it out when I feel it. it's coming right up all right cool uh well before that uh let's go to the motel room let's hang out with Frankus and Frankus is getting tortured by Duffy and Mikey or he's about to anyway he's about to get cattle prodded yeah, not good. Like a real cattle prod because you can't trace it. God, that win Duffy. He must have learned some tricks from Bobby Quarles. The dastardly Duffy. Uh, <laughs> you're familiar with cattle prods, right? I, I have seen a cattle prod or two in my day. Yeah. You. What do you? What are your thoughts on cattle prods? Well, uh, I uh, I gotta say I've uh, I've been shocked by an electric fence like uh, on a farm. Uh, I've uh, had an encounter with the taser. I've never really had an encounter with the cattle prod that left me at the end of it. But uh, I don't know. I uh, I I feel like this is a pretty effective way to torture somebody. Yeah, two million volts with uh, yeah. no record it ever happened. That sounds yeah. terrifying. I'm surprised uh, that this guy. What's his name? Is it? F- f- is it? F- f- uh, Frumpus. Freakus. 
Freakus. Oh, Krampus? No. Yeah, I'm surprised this guy shook it off. He shook it off. Yeah, he shook it off. He did well. He kind of Constable Bobbed it, you know? Yeah, he really did. He just nutted up Death yeah. Star style. It was, a, it was a YOLO versus Bob moment, and the Bob of it all won. L- yeah. Little Freakus did it. I don't know how he <laughs> pulled it off. Uh, and is this bad on Duffy that Duffy's like, I believe him. I believe him. I feel like they could have taken it a little bit further, or is it just like, ah, oh, look at this little shit. If this little shit is withholding, uh, you know, withstanding this much pain and still sticking to his story he's probably telling the truth yeah i gotta i gotta say you look at a guy like danny strong and you don't think that's the the actor you don't think that he's the kind of guy that can hold out so no, it does i does not look like it i don't think it's a sloperation by win duffy by any stretch yeah well you know then you know tip the hat to this this terrible terrible little man uh who did a, a decent job here uh, yeah what is what is how does tim how does tim describe it uh what does he say i well i think he says uh uh he as as they're leaving right when when it's yeah. when it's revealed that tim and rachel are in the next room and they're watching the whole thing and duffy leaves and everything and they come right into the room and make sure he's okay and as they're about to leave tim holds out his hand and goes bump it you took that shit like a man uncle sam thanks you for your cooperation yeah that was great that great was, tim line uh fantastic they're giving tim all the great lines before they kill him I actually thought, though, that's where Sloperation comes in because Duffy and, and Mikey leave and they're gone maybe two, three minutes. And Tim and Rachel are going headlong out that out that door. Oh, I think two, three minutes is generous. I think two, three seconds is probably close. I, to I mean, the, all Duffy's got to do is turn around and be like, on second thought, I just don't understand why. No, I mean, they're going out the front door of the hotel room. Duffy could just be sitting on the room still like there's no reason to believe that he's he's gone and he's left. I think that it's like contemporaneous. It's like a minute and a half later or something like i don't understand this at all total sloperation sloperation yeah for sure yep um how about how about this how, how about ava and errol going into the hardware store a hardware store we've seen before at least as uh you know all the way back to season one i believe uh we've had scenes with ava crowder there and uh aunt helen the late great aunt helen uh yep. i remember yep. this hardware store fondly and johnny crowder was there as well and you were there uh, and uh he used to rent to the crows he was the guy who was the landlord of the crows he was flashed uh by that uh by the uh the young the young lady there that was sent to uh, braces by, yeah with who, the braces and her who boyfriend constable bob stabbed in the foot yes so this guy's had a very uh he's sort of i'd like to see justified from his perspective i'd like to see that show yeah he's like the watcher he really is he's yeah, been there he sees everything yeah uh so yeah so this is going to be the showdown for uh the whole uh ava errol raylan bob situation and like ava's like she just keeps trying to find some way to get out of the situation at first she's like i gotta go take a pee and Errol's like how about you pee after we, what we get what we come we came here for uh ava at one point tries to grab a shovel and he's like i got that i'll take care of that uh so it's not really working out and meanwhile outside we find out that really this is going to have to be a bob parade uh, this is going to have to be a, a Bob a Bob solo mission because Raylan can't show his face because Ava is his criminal informant. Uh, he he needs to calm her down and get her home without anyone knowing. Otherwise, she's in danger, and the case he's working on is going to fall apart. And he can't go he can't go in. He can't show his face. He can't have anyone know. So he needs Bob to go in. He needs Bob to go and uh, get Errol away from Ava. Bring him outside so that Raylan can come in and swoop Ava out the back door. Uh, don't read into that too much and so uh bob's very rightfully he's like how the hell am i gonna do this errol's a big guy what if he doesn't listen to me and raylan says well you've got a badge and a set of balls don't you uh and bob says heck yes i have a badge and i got balls like death stars let's do this 
Yeah. And my, my question is this Raylan, I think Raylan knows all along exactly how this is going to end. Like, I think he knows, look, Bob is going to really struggle. Errol's going to menace him. The taser is going to come out. And that's when I make my entrance. Like, I really think he knows exactly what he can use Bob for. I don't think he thinks Bob's going to get Errol out on the street and get him in, in, you know, looking at the car or whatever. I don't think Raylan expects that for a second. I think he expects exactly what happens. I laughed. I laughed. I laughed too. And I, and I see where you're coming from. I, I want to give Raylan just like a little tiny bit of credit here and believe that he believes in Bob just a bit just after the incredible showing that that bob had in decoy back in season four where he was such a champion and withstood so much pain and was such a badass that you know he's seen bob and bob has actually like done some good stuff every now it's, and then it's true but bob is the same guy who's uh, Raylan sends him to, to somebody's house and he starts firing bullets at him uh bob has just found himself in positions where typically the situation escalates pretty quickly yeah well yeah he shocks him in the balls <laughs> Yeah, to the point where Errol is out. Yeah, Errol is out. He uh, he goes straight for Errol's Death Stars with the taser. Uh, Errol is out like a light, and Raylan swoops in and takes Ava back. Uh, so so there you go. Ava has been rounded up. Uh, we've got Errol unconscious. That's the last Bob scene of the episode. Hopefully not the last Bob scene of Justified. Uh, yeah, I hope not either. I hope he's back in the mix for a little while, or at least pops up again. Although I fear for his life if he pops up again. Because again, I think he's like good guy Dewey Crow, and we saw what happened to bad guy Dewey Crow. So Plus uh, he's flying high right he's now. He's got, high. He, he sold some, he pawned some Star Wars figures. He's got a it's new car. conditioned Star Wars figures. Yeah, it's he's still in the package. Yeah, his, he's upped his ride game he sold his ak-47 yeah it's it's things are good for constable bob he is flying a little too close to the sun perhaps i think he is yeah, perhaps we'll see we're just afraid for everybody i think we're just hedging our bets and saying everybody's gonna die yeah uh, but i do wonder what happens when errol wakes up and goes back to limehouse and says i don't know what happened to ava and then ava pops up around harlan again palling around with boyd what does limehouse do with that so, yeah i'm i'm interested i i definitely want to see that i want that shoe to drop yeah definitely something to uh to keep an eye on um and then do do we want to talk about uh, everything that happens by the mind just in bulk? We may as well, right? Yeah, let's do it because it's just two scenes. Yeah, it's basically two scenes. They go out to this thing. Uh, they want everybody to get to work. What's it called? It's Obsidian Mine 14. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like uh, my brother's AOL name from back in the day. <laughs> uh, so Obsidian Mine 14 uh, is, is where they're hanging out and they, they like blow the thing up. Like they're not being careful enough. My brother's AOL name. Give me a break. I'm it's, still laughing about that. It's true. It's true. It's it sounds like, yeah, your brother. Right. So I have a friend who had a similar account. I've been around Howard forever. OK, that's fair. That's I've been fair. Howard forever, except for that one time. But we don't talk about that one. No, we don't. Talk uh, about that. Yeah. So we go we go to the mine and like the mine explodes because these idiots don't know how to operate mining equipment. And I say that as if like I would know what the hell I'm doing. I mean, like these guys didn't die like one of them. You know, Earl like is basically deaf at the end of this thing. But if it was me, I mean, I would be dead. I would have just fr- I would have been fried. I would have been like that, like chainsaw type thing that I can't even name because I'm such like a wimpy, wimpy little man. Uh, who doesn't know how to do things like that. Uh, I would have been sawed in half by that. Yeah, and it's flying through the air. Like, all sorts of crazy things are happening. This There's explosions. There's rumbling. There's smells. Like, this is not... This is like a micro-type situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And this is this is where I want to talk about the Carl and Earl thing. A little Me bit. too. Let's yeah. let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, so th- these, these are the brothers uh, who are part of Boyd's crew. Carl, somebody who uh, we identified... Uh, I think it was in last week's podcast, maybe the week before. At some point, one, one of these podcasts, 
podcast, we talked about how Carl seems like kind of a like a cunning, conniving guy. Certainly in his appearances in season five, he proved that he has that le- uh, that level and that layer to him uh, when he you know talks his way out of uh, being tied up by the crows. So we know that he's a little bit of a cunning guy. We saw in the episode where Earl kind of stepped up as a character back when he was trying to get the Emulex, uh, that he is like this headstrong guy who's got nothing to lose. He even like mouths off to Boyd and Carl like steps in and is like, no, my brother's not going to give you any attitude. Uh, when, when we see, you know, Carl like looking out after his brother, obviously very worried for his brother in this episode when, when Earl is sent flying and basically can't hear anything. And Boyd just kind of has this like really relaxed ha ha. Isn't that ridiculous attitude about the whole thing? And he even Bad says, idea. what does he even say? He has one, one line where he's like, if you ain't the man, then you're the man sitting behind the man. So get your ass to work. Yep. Uh, so he's like really kind of slave driving these guys. He's really, you know, he's the, he's the gang leader. He's the leader of the pack. It's a bad spot to be in most of the time. I feel like you don't want to be the president. Vice president's a pretty good job. Uh, and you get the sense, or at least I get the sense, like there's just a way that Carl and Earl are looking at each other in this scene and the way that Carl is just like, you could like almost like, taste the blood from how much he's biting his tongue. Yep. Uh, and I just, I feel like some sort of betrayal is coming that Carl and Earl, you know, we talked about this as a possibility a few podcasts ago that Carl and Earl might try to turn the tables on Boyd at some point. I really feel like that's where we're going. I agree. I put that in my notes and I think I, I was onto it because we flagged it before, but uh, I really think these guys, we know that Earl is only in it for the money and he thought it was going to be easy money. And for every circular saw he puts into a piece of cement and ends up flying through the air, uh, it's one step closer to him, I think, putting that to Boyd Crowder himself. So I don't necessarily feel like it's going to end poorly for Boyd, but I do feel like that's coming and probably at a very inopportune time for Boyd would be my guess. That would be my guess as well. Uh, there was a Raylan Ava scene that we passed over. We'll get back to that after this next scene because we can just talk about that in the final scene of the episode. But let's let's pour one out for our man Calhoun now. Let's let's get to this. Let's get to the am tracking. Oh my god, he got so Amtrak. He got Amtrak pretty hard, bro. That was really tough. That's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, he's like he's in his office. He's wrapping up. Uh, his his special secretary was there. Who knows what was going on before she left? Uh, but in walks Seabass and Mundo, and they are they're here for business. And at this point, you know, like oh, so this is what they're gonna think was the information leak. This is how they believe that whoever is, uh, you know stopping these sales from going through it's got to have something to do with uh calhoun having loose lips sinking this ship so they come and they're going to put on some uh, some guantanamo bay tactics on calhoun uh which is just like basically they're just like going to hit him a bunch you know, they're just going to punch him a bunch, uh, and you punch know, a bunch. they're going to punch a bunch, poor Calhoun and, uh, Seabass orders Choo Choo to deliver a starter tap. Uh, and the starter tap is the equivalent of getting humped by a train, uh, as Calhoun is punched in the face once by Choo Choo and is immediately killed. Yeah, I mean, Choo Choo don't play around. It helps that Duke Davis Roberts has this background that he's been a fighter before. And and I think that that he's he's just kind of a menacing guy uh, in his on-screen presence with Mundo. So I I buy it. I mean, I buy a one-punch kill. Like, I can buy that from this guy. And there aren't too many characters that I've seen on Justified that I could say that about. But but this is one for sure. This is one for sure. I would say that about the guy who was all about the cockfights as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy, uh, he, he who had a nice little uh, kind of show. He showed up on Scandal a couple weeks ago. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he did. I'm so behind on Scandal. 
Well, you'll when you when he pops up, you'll think, oh, this guy's in it for the fighters. He just wants to manage fighters. Right. Uh, yeah. He's. <laughs> I, I feel like I would still take Choo Choo in that fight. Oh, I would take Choo Choo in that fight too because Choo Choo has this thing. I I feel like if he felt like he had to fight, I don't think he's stopping. Like I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he's going to stop until the fight's over. Yeah. And I wonder, like, is there anybody who could withstand a single punch from Choo Choo? Uh, I I feel like you know Raylan's taken a bunch of hits before. Tim's a fairly tough guy uh it's like but this really is like getting hit by a mac truck uh, so a hard thing to come back from makes me wonder uh, now that this is in play now that we know choo-choo can can deliver swift justice with one fist uh, is this is this Chekhov's choo-choo Chekhov's choo- Chekhov's uh starter tap Chekhov's starter tap like yeah. is this going to be something that we're going to see come back into play here later what I would what I would bet is you know there's going to be some scene where like uh, some physical confrontation is either imminent or happening uh and you just you know what the results can be whether or not the results end up being what they are here versus Calhoun that's the stakes the stakes are uh if if he lands one punch then poor Raylan or poor whoever could just like explode into powder uh, literally be lights out yeah. yeah the other thing that i was going to say though is like is that starter tap going to kill just about anybody or is it just that like calhoun's this older guy he's kind of this fat out of shape guy he's this red faced, probably high cholesterol bad blood pressure type of guy who is not going to take that punch very well you may, you're making me fear for my life here, Listen, Josh. I'm not. I'm not saying this from my ivory tower. I'm not exactly <laughs> a picture of health myself. Uh, you know, but what like, is it? What is a picture of health? Is it just like a picture of like a, of health? I don't understand. It, what is a picture of health? It's just a picture of abs. Uh, <laughs> that's a picture of health, like Ryan Reynolds' abs. Yeah, that's a picture of health. That's a picture, got it. That's a picture of. I always wondered that. Now that I know, I'm glad. I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna. What's your birthday, Antonio? It's in Oct- it's the same. It's October 9th. It's October 9th. Same, yep. same day every year, right? Same yep, day that's what I was year. about to say. But I, <laughs> I decided I'd already dad joked my way through this one. Not I'll get you, I'm going to get you a picture of health. Hold on. Let me put my calendar right now. Uh, Antonio Mazzaro. Everybody else should, should do this too. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to on October 9th, 2015. What day of the week is that? That's a Friday. So on Friday, it's going to be a follow Friday for at AC Mazzaro. Putting this in my calendar now. Send a picture of health on Twitter. Uh, send a picture of health to Antonio. Okay, so I hope that I'm not the only one who's going to do that. If you guys have calendars that you live and breathe by, uh, I will see you guys with a picture of health sent to Antonio on Twitter on October 9th. Or send me a picture of a Heath bar either way. Yeah, I mean, well, that's not what I'm asking for. But, uh, I mean, you could do that as well as a picture of health. But I prefer a picture of health. Your definition of health. And not, I like it. And not a day before October 9th, 2015, please. All right. No, okay. I'm looking forward to this. Give me something to live for. (laughs) That's the one thing. Um, (laughs) All right. So, yeah, poor Calhoun. Poor Calhoun. What a bummer. What a great character while he was on the show. It's always good to have Buddy Garrity in the mix. And uh, I loved loved seeing him here. What's the name of the actor? Brad Leland? Brad Leland. Yeah, Brad Brad Leland. Leland. Great great to see him on Justified for a short little while. Uh, Fantastic exit to go out uh, on the receiving end of the starter tap. Uh, Can't can't complain about that. You know, Justified, uh, much like game of thrones i feel like you know builds up these these fantastic characters who who burn bright and quick and and fizzle out uh in fantastic ways so i i uh, i appreciate this i appreciate that this is how calhoun goes bad deal being a realtor on uh, on justified I don't want to be a realtor bad business to get into in harlan county it really is yeah, it's not really good people are literally dying to get out of it
All right, so let's talk to let's let's. <laughs> I'm cruising along, uh, talking talking about uh, Raylan and Ava. Let's go back to that one scene with Raylan and Ava where he is just like scolding Ava, uh, not thrilled with the fact that Ava. Yeah, he was red hot leaving. pissed. Yeah, and I think that this goes back to like now, like obviously some you know feelings still exist uh, as as strong as they ever were. I mean, I think at their strongest, Raylan always felt you know some you know protected of of Ava I don't think was ever head over heels in love with Ava Crowder but always super attracted to her and fond of her in a very real way and I think that that fondness is something that he's tried to keep at bay in terms of you know trying to have some sort of professional distance from her but by the fact that like she tried to book it I think that you know he's he's angry about it uh, he's he was worried sick about it probably uh, and you know he's like I, f- I feel like things are are bubble up and i mean this is kind of the raylan move raylan likes to like he kind of likes to uh you know shit where he sleeps is that the phrase is that what i want to be saying here he likes to he likes to get in bed with with the people he shouldn't be getting in bed with people who are involved in his professional life and i know that you said he's a single man now and it's fair game but don't be sleeping with your ci buddy well he slept with her when she was a witness he slept with her when she was a victim i mean he he's already broken the rules this is a rule that he broke a long time ago and to arts consternation so this is not surprising that he'd be right in the position again where he was continuing to consider breaking that rule and that doesn't it's just, it's totally in keeping with what we know about Raylan Givens yeah it's not unprecedented it's not no unprecedented. It, it's certainly it's precedented it's precedented it's inadvisable it's advi- uh, it's inadvisable. It's, I agree. It's not advisable. You don't want to be doing it. I also like how she says, like, are you done yelling at me or can I go home and cook the dinner I promised to Boyd? And he's like, honestly, I'd kind of like to yell at you some more. <laughs> I just thought it was like a fun little moment of honesty there. Uh, so, yeah, so Raylan takes Ava back to her house. And like now we have like kind of the more somber version of the angry chat where, you know, it's really clear. Like she puts it on on the table. She's like, you don't give a shit about me. You just care about the case. Uh, what's what's in this for? you and he you know he says to her he's like i'm here to finish the job what we started together and that's how we're going to finish it together uh she says then what he says that's up to you what do you want she wants a hundred thousand bucks which is a little much uh so we're gonna aim for 50k uh and she wants out of the country and she doesn't want to go into witness protection she doesn't want uh a new identity she wants to be ava uh and she wants to be able to pick the place that doesn't seem to be an option raylan says i'll make sure you're somewhere safe where you can be happy and start over uh, and poor, poor Ava says, just, I thought a, a tremendous line to Raylan saying, there's gotta be a place in hell for a man who breaks a promise to a woman. Uh, basically saying like, if this is what you're telling me, if you're telling me that if we stick this thing through, we're going to, we're going to finish this job. We're going to get Boyd sent to jail. We're going to, we're going to do this thing that we said we'd set out to do. And I'm not going to die and I'm going to get some money and I'm going to get some, I'm going to get relocated. I'm going to get a chance to start over. I'm going to get some peace of mind. If you are lying to me and if this is not how it plays out you're going to hell uh raywin says i ain't worried yeah i don't know man it's pretty tough yeah it's pretty tough raylan is is making some big promises here and he's gonna have a hard time i think living up to all of them uh and it's both the bureaucratic end and both the realistic end for what's happening with boyd and harlan and everything i just think he's put ava crowder now, now, granted, Ava put herself in this position, and she knew what she was accepting when she got out of jail by accepting Raylan's offer. And for everybody who was critical of season five, uh, and especially the Ava storyline, 
I think it's so, so vital that we revisit that or we think about that in the context of season six now, because we see really where Ava Crowder's at emotionally. And I don't think she can get there if we don't put her in jail. And so she season, did put season her, five for me, by the way, is completely redeemed at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I I guess I wouldn't say completely because I, I still want to see what where where Boyd ends up because he's so he's I, I want to know all along what part of Boyd knows everything that's been going on, if any part of Boyd, because he'd been he'd been so far ahead of everybody for so long. And from the beginning of season five on, he's just been so cloudy that everything that's happening is beyond him. And I think it's because he's got this blind spot with regard to Ava, uh, although there was such that all that stuff in Mexico and everything that was going on in season five with Boyd. I don't know, but I, but it's mostly redeemed for me as well, especially the parts that were the most heavily criticized, the parts with Ava. I mean, I think that we're seeing now just how how great a work that, that Joel Carter's doing and just everything that's happening with this character in season six. Totally worth it. Yeah. Just just to clarify, then, I guess I'll say the a- aspects of season five are completely redeemed to me. The, the prison storyline was necessary. We had to yeah. put, we had to put Ava through those paces to get what we're getting now. And what we're getting now is phenomenal justified. Uh, yeah. So I, I have in retrospect zero issue with the prison stuff. I think it was necessary. And also, you know, give a little bit of a thumbs up to the crows because it gave us a big Dewey Crow heavy season and we only had one more episode left with him in this season. So yeah, looking uh, back, uh, I'm glad we got the Dewey Crow and so, we got it. So I'm sure. glad I'm glad about that. I'm glad about the Ava stuff. And man, here here is uh Raylan and Ava kissing. Uh, this is Ava kissing Raylan again uh, in like the the heat of the moment where the first time she kissed Raylan was because uh, she saw her knight in shining armor come up to her doorstep, knew that everything was going to be okay. And now it, I don't feel like it's quite that. Like, I don't feel like she's kissing her knight in shining armor knowing everything's going to be okay. I feel like she's kissing somebody who could be her knight in shining armor and wondering like, is everything going to be okay? Will, will everything be okay at this point? And I feel like it's, you know, a subtle difference in phrasing, but a big difference in meaning. Yeah. And the, uh, the promises that even that, that Raylan has made to Ava are now a lot more personal, a lot more personal. This is not just somebody like a, a law enforcement, a Leo, a law enforcement officer taking care of his CI. Uh, there's a lot more personal, uh, weight behind this promise now. So stakes are certainly raised. They are certainly raised. Stakes are, stakes are raised again. Uh, when, when the phone rings and it's Boyd and he's going to be coming back soon. And then Raylan says, if you don't mind, I was just thinking I'd stick around for a bit so we do take that to mean that they're about to bone right i well i think that raylan is is in for that in for a penny and in for a pound oh my god yeah bad call yeah bad call oh no i don't know what i said what do you mean that's that's a that's an aphorism no no you said bad call for raylan oh yeah yeah no i agree i'm a big fan of what you said it's a terrible it's a terrible idea on raylan's part just a Totally bad call on Raylan's part, but uh, but this is Raylan Givens. This is a Raylan call. Yeah, it's a total Raylan call. Uh, yeah. You know, for all of his uh, his awesomeness, uh, Raylan is an imperfect creature, like like so many of us. Not Aren't, not like you. You're perfect, Antonio. Practically perfect in every way. Yeah. Like a, I don't know who that was. Was it Mary Poppins or was it Amelia Bedelia or someone like that? No, that was in the most delightful way. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> your your Julie Andrews is uh, is is. Is, it exists. The hills are alive in Holland County. They're growing Christmas trees for you, buddy. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Take me to your take me to your Christmas trees. I want to go. 
Take me to church. Take me to church. Uh, all right, Antonio, you got anything else to say about this episode of Justified? I think we've uh, sufficiently, uh, if we were, if any of you or if any of us were aplexed before, I think that we are no longer aplexed. Well, Brendan Fitzpatrick tweeted and said, it's like we're all playing Scrabble with Win, and we are all Mikey. Hashtag aplexed. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. We are all so aplexed when playing Scrabble with Win. All right, let's, well, let's wrap this thing up. We'll be back next week talking about episode six of season six of Justified. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Round Howard, like Ron Howard, but rounder. Antonio is at AC Mazzaro. Two Z's, one R. Did I get that right? Two Z's, one R. You got that right. Sometimes Not- I think it's the one Z and the two R's. No, never do you think that. You no, know the truth. I do. Sometimes I think that. Well, listen, my, I have a question for you. What's the name of that guy uh, who was the prison guard who dimed Dave out? Ah, or- uh, shit. I think on- it, I think it's um, is it is it is it Flickus? Uh, yeah, it's like FICO score, I think is his name. I think it's Farkas. It's, I don't know. Just, why don't we make that the hashtag? You tell us what, what the guy's name is. Is it Farkas? Is it Flickus? Is it Ficus? You guys let us know. Yeah, just, just tweet at us and let us know what, because we were having a really hard time yeah, with this. It's really, really tough to figure out. And also maybe hashtag Aplex, because we're pretty Aplex over this. Uh, is that, is that, is that one P and two, <laughs> and two L's? And what no, are it's, doing? it's, uh, two Z's, one R. Oh, got it. I thought I really thought it was going to be Sloperation because that's what I feel like we're in the middle of right now. Hashtag Sloperation works for me as well. P- take your pick your poison. Pick your pick poison, your poison. You guys. You guys, you guys, let us know what you want to do. Uh, as always, this is this is your show. Antonio and I are just the 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 servants in in your pizza par- uh, pizza portal basement. That's that's who we are. We but, are no no tips necessary. Yeah, no gratuity. Well, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> you like a little gratuity? Yeah, just a touch. Just a touch of gratuity. Just a touch of gratuity. All right. Well, speaking of gratuity, this has gotten gratuitous. We're going to end this thing. Uh, we'll, Boom. We'll be back next week talking Justified Season 6, Episode 6. Until then, everybody, take care. Goodbye. Goodbye.